Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And then I was very hungover on a train home one day, and I had this little notepad that was writing all my like to-dos in. I started writing. And it just sort of rhymed. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever done. And it was, felt like it was a real epiphany moment. I'm not particularly religious or anything, but it, when people describe like, oh, it was a calling from God, I kind of felt that. I was like, oh, wow. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Welcome to Mentally Yours, Metro.co.uk's weekly podcast about all things mental health. I'm Ellen, and this week we're talking to Hyphen, who is an alternative hip-hop artist speaking openly about men's mental health. My real name is Ardash, yeah. which sounds like a dash, which is a hyphen. Yes. And also, I used to work in an area of finance where people would not look favorably on the fact that I do music. So um, I was trying to like, this was my like Spider-Man thing, you know, hide, hide away from the world. Uh, but then it stuck and also no one could spell my real name. So hyphen is pretty easy to spell. You were keeping it a secret at first? Yeah, initially. How initially. long were you keeping the music thing uh, secret Like for? six months. Okay. <laughs> not, and then did you long. do a big reveal? I'm sure if I did, no one would have cared at the time. Um, I've been working away and now like, there's a bit of a thing going and I like it because it's a bit of a play on words in my name. So that's fun. How did you start getting into music and specifically rapping? Was that something you were doing before but not publicly? Or is it something new for you? It's fairly recent uh, on the scale of things. So when I was like, I don't know, four or five years ago now, mm. I was, like I say, I was working in like what I probably call evil finance. Um, mm. And... I was working these like unforgivable hours and which in itself isn't that bad but I was around people I didn't really work with well and and like I'd I'd done all the conventional things you know I'd gone to school 
worked hard at uni, got on this job, and then I was like, oh man, I'm so unhappy. And then I was doing all these negative lifestyle stuff, like, you know, getting drunk the whole time, not sleeping a lot, loads of coffee, and then, you know, having the traditional issues that men often have with talking about their feelings. And I was just really depressed at that point in time. And then I was sort of very hungover on a train home one day, and I had this little notepad that I was writing all my like to dos in. I started writing. And it just sort of rhymed. And I was like, oh my God, this is the best thing I've ever done. And it was felt like this real epiphany moment. I'm not particularly religious or anything, but it, when people describe like, oh, it was a calling from God, I kind of felt that. I was like, oh, wow. And since then, I've been pretty militant about it. And yeah, like five, six years later, it's been going pretty well. Played at Reading and Leeds Festival this year. That was like a big thing for me. It's um, huge for anyone. It's very big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, that was really, I've been getting a lot of support for the BBC mm. this year. They've been amazing. And yeah, like I said, you just have to be consistent and keep working. But yeah, it kind of started there, uh, which, you know, relatively recently, I suppose. But it's been a real, like, this is what I want to do. It's, you know. So when you had the initial epiphany, yeah. what do you do immediately after that? Um, I think I wrote an email to my brother yeah. and was like, dude, I wrote this. What do you think? Because mm-hmm. it's a bit weird initially. Like, it was just like a poem, essentially. It was probably terrible. Uh, I still have that email. So I actually know the day I started writing, which is quite cool. That's cool. Um, and yeah, you, you you kind of freak out a bit and then you just keep writing and you keep practicing. And then, I mean, these things take a long time. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, you're not going to get... I don't know if you're going to the gym, you're not going to lose weight after day one. So it's the same kind of thing. So yeah, just I was trying to be as consistent about it as I could. Because did you go back to work the next day? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's I, the I, bit yeah, that I yeah. find difficult. Yeah. Surely after that, you're like, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Yeah, it, it's difficult, right? Because I still work. Um, I, I, I now work in what I would call non-evil finance, as I was cool. saying before. It's like uh, it, we advise like not for profits and stuff. So mm-hmm. they're, they're like nice people. I can leave early to go do a podcast. So. Um, yeah it's difficult right because in in a dream world I could kind of do this full time and, and that's clearly the ambition but I've got to pay rent I've got to pay for studio I've got to pay to carry a piano from here to Reading or Leeds so all this stuff requires having a job so and like i say it's kind of nice to have like a mental palate cleanser you know i'm clearly really focused on music and that's what I spend all my free time doing but sometimes it's nice to not think about that either yeah so yeah I think doing something full time is you can end up getting exhausted. Yeah, from yeah, it. yeah. You don't want to become sick and, and I'm sure that wouldn't happen, but at the moment it provides a nice like environment to, and plus loads of people come to my shows and they're really nice, so it's not the worst place to be at the moment. No, it's nice. Yeah, it's really nice. Um so what do people at work think of what you're doing? I don't want I perform I perform, uh, so I, we did like a fundraising thing for New Horizons. It's like a charity that raises money for homeless people in London. Mm-hmm. I performed at work and they're like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, they're really nice about it. It's quite like a young firm and they like appreciate. And I, you know, I've talked a lot about like mental health stuff in mm-hmm. my music and there are a lot of young people there who kind of appreciate that. And yeah, they're, you know, as far as places you could work, they're a really appreciated bunch. So yeah, pretty grateful that you know, I can go to work and not feel crazy every day. Yeah. Yeah. Which Were is you... big. <laughs> which is a real risk yeah were you nervous about being open about mental health both like in rapping and in music and just in everyday life oh yeah man 100 percent. i think the first time i did it you heard of so far sounds yeah yeah I've been to so, one. oh great. yeah they're great yeah, they're, they're awesome really cool. big up so far sounds they're like a great bunch of people so it would have been three four years ago i mm. did a so far sounds 
and I'd written this song which was about a really good friend of mine who killed himself like would have been seven years ago I think and I mean that was incredibly personal and I was really really nervous about it and I'd shown it to a couple of people and the reaction was always so different mm. there's this weird thing when you when you do a show you can kind of feel how much the audience is absorbed in it just by like hearing ambient noises because people stop moving they stop mm. shuffling they don't move their glass it just goes silent and every time i perform that song i kind of like force myself to do it just because my friends are like oh this is a, you should say something about this mm. and every time i performed it people would be like whoa and they'd really listen and afterwards they'd always be like wow i'm really glad you said that mm. and so like initially it was this really scary thing of saying wow this is so personal but that was one of the topics that always people one found really helpful mm. um two i found really cathartic to write about and three like man it's it's awful this shit is so common like again you know i'm sure we'll talk about at some point like last week like a really close friend of mine passed away he killed himself and mm. it's like this is just so everywhere and look I'm, I'm not kind of i'm self-aware enough to know that look i'm a musician i'm not gonna like change the world with a song or anything like that but like insofar as i can be a useful contribution to making sure it doesn't keep happening and people have some outlet for mental health like i i want to help wherever possible hmm. so yeah in answer a really long answer to a question <laughs> of yes i was really nervous i'm yeah. less nervous now because there's a lot of value in it and you kind of just get used to you get used to it mm. long answers are good first okay, of all good, good, encouraged good, good. but also i think what you said about you're not going to change the world to get like corny for a minute yeah, yeah you yeah. might not change the world but you would probably save someone's life by you performing so. that song you don't know how it might yeah. affect someone even if it's just encouraging yeah, yeah, to yeah, talk yeah. out and, uh, yeah and it's important not to get too like head in the sky about these things even like the smallest contribution is valuable so yeah, i completely agree yeah and it's powerful yeah. have you had any kind of response from people saying you've helped me or you've changed things for me man in ways that sometimes i don't know how to handle because mm -hmm. like i'm just a dude doing music i really love music i practiced it i think i'm not terrible at this point i wrote a song so there was a um i think it was about i don't know recently there's this group called sanctus i don't know if you know them yeah heard yeah them. so um i just did this like a spoken word poem for them and it was about my experiences of being depressed and a guy who i like i don't know if i've ever met him but he was like oh i went to school with you and i was like all right i don't remember that but he, he started telling me about like oh my my sister um she's she's depressed and like i want to leave my girlfriend i don't love her anymore but i don't know how to do all these like really deep stuff and mm. i'm like dude look i'm happy to talk to you about this but like why are you telling me mm. and he was like oh i saw you you've talked about this like you know you, it feels like you understand so like i, I want to open up and talk to you about it and I, we talked for ages about it and like look i hope the guy's fine now but i think th the impact that i thought there was really helpful is like this person was more willing to speak about something even if it was to me mm. who is you know in practice like a random guy it is really nice that he he felt more open talking about that and i feel even just among my group of friends like people are just a lot more like you could feel stigma in a room right because mm. when when there isn't stigma in a room you can say depression suicide and people don't just go like, oh my god what the fuck is happening but when it's not there mm. which only happens when you talk about it people are like they engage with it 
like a normal topic. And I think, yeah, I, th- I think uh, that's probably the impact I've seen through doing it so far. Um, I've done some fundraising stuff as well, but like I, I think probably the most the impact which I personally felt is mm-hmm. the, um, yeah, is, is the people just feel a little bit or, or more okay talking about it, which is helpful. Yeah, it's amazing how open other people are the second that you're. Open yeah, about yeah, stuff. exactly. Like yeah. it's really powerful. I had similar experience when I started writing about mental health, where people I'd never spoken to were just like. Yeah spilling everything yeah, 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 yeah. which is kind of sad because it's like that must mean they were just desperate to for someone to talk to about yeah. it so yeah it's a very powerful thing yeah for sure for sure can you tell us a bit about your own mental health yeah man so i like i mentioned i think i think probably three times uh i've had like very i've kind of had ups and downs but i think three really serious ones mm-hmm. in the past let's say seven years i think the first one was like i mentioned when i was working at the place i was working at before um and there were a lot of lifestyle factors there a lot of it's it's just this cocktail of lots of alcohol lots of coffee lacking sleep Mm -hmm. doing something that doesn't make you happy etc 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 um the second was i I was basically just like overworking myself Mm -hmm. um like uh, I'm, I'm doing slightly less work now but like at that time i was working like really long hours at my job and then equally trying to make music happen as much as i could and so there was this kind of like i was just working myself to the ground and then the final one was kind of a lot shorter and i felt like i managed it a lot better and i think the things that i took from the first two were like there's loads of stuff you can't control about your mental health but there's some stuff you can mm. and the stuff that you can is like obvious lifestyle stuff stuff like just sleeping well eating well um uh, not drinking to excess that kind of stuff and it seems really obvious and i think at the time i was just like oh man i'm in the shitter i'm depressed the fuck am i gonna stop drinking like is that gonna help but actually that like uh, the compound impact of that over like six months to a year is massive i started getting really into meditation as well after the second time and that's been like transformative i think i would really recommend that to anyone um so yeah i I think it's trying to there's two kind of main lessons i took from that one was like control what you can and that's like Mm -hmm. a lot of lifestyle stuff there's loads of stuff you can't control but you can control that to some extent and then also um just yeah talk about it that's the classic one people avoid doing but yeah you've you've got to talk about it were you personally open and talking about it kind of the first time you experienced no no definitely not um that took a real like i was like i I was gonna say i don't want to get too deep but i suppose that's kind of the point of this this podcast so i was like the the first time i mentioned it like i was like self-harming and stuff and i think Mm -hmm. it got to a point where i was like whoa this is insane man like you need to talk about this and so i did who did you talk to uh one of my really close friends i'm still really close with um and I think the big thing is that when you do talk about it that first time, you're kind of expecting the world to end. But then you talk about it to someone and you're like, oh, they're like still my friend. Mm. And it's not the end of the world. And I think the moment it stops being this big, scary thing in your mind, you can kind of deal with it like a real thing rather than this unimaginably large monster in the back of your head. Mm. So that was really helpful. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's difficult. It, it requires practice, which is a weird thing to say. 
but it requires practice to have that kind of discussion about mental health and it yeah it doesn't come easily and this is why i think there's just so much more stuff on in school about this i'm going to speak to my old school in, in march about that um about like my experiences with mental health and stuff like that and i think it should, it should be part of school syllabuses mm. right yeah absolutely um, it should be but because it yeah it does require like some amount of getting used to that kind of mm. discussion and you're right the first time feels impossible and absolutely yeah. terrifying you do think that everything's going to go wrong yeah like i was convinced that if i spoke about ocd my, like i'd get fired from my job or like yeah, my yeah, boyfriend yeah, would be yeah, like yeah, mm. yeah, yeah but then it's all fine and it's really weird yeah yes. that's oh, i've never actually met someone with ocd like how does oh. that um well i have like i think my ocd is not typical yeah um because i don't have that many compulsions mine is more intrusive thoughts and my compulsion is just checking um so for example uh did i really leave the oven on or something like that okay okay, waking up going and checking is the door actually locked going up like 11 times and just not trusting your own memory of things um but i'm fine i'm good now yeah yeah, yeah, i'm on medication which thank you which massively helps but um yeah definitely what you're saying about fearing that the world will end yeah realizing it doesn't yeah, it's like, yeah, oh, yeah this completely changes my outlook on things yeah did you get any kind of professional help uh i saw a therapist for a while yeah cool. um she was amazing yeah i think um i think the therapy is sort of doing that training that you never got when you were younger yeah and it's kind of unfortunate because look you should be able to talk to your friends and it's you definitely should but at the same time, sometimes it's easier when you're paying someone or, you know, they're paid to do it by someone and you can kind of just say what you yeah. want. And it, it, I think that probably gets you into the habit of being able to do it. Thereafter, you can kind of talk to your friends in a way. But I found it really helpful and I, I definitely, I would recommend it to any of my friends and I have. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely pro kind of seeing someone. Mm. No, therapy is great because yeah. you can, like you say, if you're paying or they're being paid, yeah. you can be boring, you can be annoying, yeah, 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 yeah. you can be completely in the wrong about whatever rant you're telling. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's fine because they can't, yeah. they can't even they tell you say... that you're being dumb or anything. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and then you also obviously talk about mental health in your music yeah your music yeah, yeah was that a kind of conscious decision or does that just happen naturally i think when i think the best music i write and i think this is true of a lot of people tends to be quite instinctual mm-hmm. and if it's instinctual and there's kind of you want the sort of thinnest gap the thinnest membrane between your subconscious feelings and things that are really going on in the, the depths of your heart and soul and then you know the series of instruments and choice of words which you're using and it's kind of trying to eliminate all the other factors which get in the way of that like oh i have to make this kind of song because of this expectation and to the moment the songs which i like more and that are that kind of really um thin barrier between this is my subconscious thought this is how i feel my heart soul Mm. these are the instruments i want to use this is the kind of wording i want to use when it is like that obviously something that's really personal to to my life and has gone on a lot is stuff with mental health so like even if i'm not specifically talking about like this day i was depressed like there's always it it comes out yeah yeah it's part of your life yeah exactly and and like the more instinctual that music is the more like if i'm feeling that way or i'm reflecting on like i mean i wrote a song it's not out yet but i wrote a song on that experience of 
um, my friend killing himself when he was so this is the first time so this is like six years ago mm. I wrote a song on that like six years later mm. so it was just somewhere there in my brain and it, I heard a chord and I was like oh wow I'm this makes me feel like that so yeah I mean it's conscious in the sense that I'm happy to talk about what's I feel you said it was cathartic for you as well do you find it helpful to kind of put stuff through yeah yeah music? yeah does it help you process things definitely definitely and I think um I've kind of spoken about this before but I want I think even if you never pursue it professionally I think it's so much value in doing any kind of creative thing you never have to mm. show anyone you never have to do anything because in very like practical ways it ends up helping you process one I think the reason why I, so I wrote the reason why I initially saw ther a therapist because I was like it's easy to be really depressed and then a month later be like oh I'm kind of okay maybe it wasn't that mm. bad but because I'd been writing down how I'd been feeling at the time through music and rap or whatever I'd look back on that and be like whoa I can't believe I wrote that that's really messed up maybe I should do something about it so whatever you're doing it gives you like this really good record of your mm. thoughts um which is a lot easier and straightforward than writing I feel like this today for me anyway so it's a useful really useful record of your thoughts um over time that's one way it helps and then the other is that you kind of understand what you were thinking a lot more um because you, you read something which is this kind of subconscious vomit onto a page and then you read it back and you're like oh wow like I didn't really get that I thought that and you kind of understand it in retrospect which gives you a different perspective on it so in like really practical ways it's not even like a kind of abstract way in which like oh music helped my soul it expresses my heart it's like in super practical ways I think it's it's very cathartic and helpful so I, yeah I think everyone I tell you I tell the people I work with in like the in finance and stuff that you should just do it like mm. even if you never show the world it's still super helpful um really really helpful to do and you don't have to be some kind of super talented genius no it? like talent is irrelevant in this it's like this is a selfish personal self it's like it's like people are happy with going for a run if mm. they're not good uh, like if they're not going to run a marathon it's like the same thing like i do like boxing i'm pretty terrible at it but like whatever it's yeah. fine like it it's it's like a fun thing to do it helps me you know unwind or whatever so like whatever i'm gonna do it um, same thing with music do you find any of your songs kind of difficult to perform because they are about you know sometimes quite heavy stuff yeah definitely i mean typically it depends on the show so like mm. typically i try i like to do songs where like people are gonna have fun like i, I have some fun songs as well but um yeah i mean definitely there's a is this is the song which isn't out yet but it's uh it's called white at the funeral mm. because the person who committed suicide six years ago he's like of indian origin and like it's like an indian tradition tradition that you wear white at the funeral which to me at the time was like a very weird thing mm. and like i just so clearly remember that and this is the song I wrote six years afterwards. I've only performed it one or two times, but like, yeah, that is really hard. I kind of have to like, I'm quite big on like, oh, I engage with the crowd and, mm. and really get, I have to just like close my eyes and get through it. That's, that's pretty tough. Um, and I think because there's no like, so I've got a song, uh, we're okay. And like, it is about mental health and it's hard. And I talk about suicide, but like, there is kind of a, like a positive spin on it because it's like you know we're okay now like i'm fine now and that's good but with that there's no positive spin on it it's just expressing quite a sad feeling and that's mm. quite like oh man that's tough um so yeah it's really hard sometimes how do you make sure you're okay after performing something like that 
Oh, um, I guess there's a, a practical answer and then an emotional one. So the practical answer is if I'm doing an emotional song like that, I will do it in the middle of a set. Yeah. So like I'll do it in the middle of a set and then I'll talk a bit afterwards just to kind of like get myself back in the real world and then perform like happier songs. So that, 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 that kind of takes the crowd on that journey of like sad things to happy things, whatever. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, I mean, that can stick with you, man. Like I think trying not to get excessively drunk after a show probably helps. Yes. Which is just easy to do. Because you're like, oh, music, things went well. Oh, my God, let's get smashed. But tr- trying to avoid that is probably a good thing, especially if it's like a mega emotional set because then that like messes you up the next day. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think it's tough, right? You, you kind of, because there's the balance between you, like, you want to be in the moment. You want to like show the feeling that you had when you wrote this, but then you also don't want to get consumed by it. And like, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I guess trying to avoid getting smashed after a show is probably... Uh, probably good advice but difficult in the music yeah. industry to be honest yeah, yeah so yeah, many yeah. things are happening at bars and everyone's like oh we'll get you shots to celebrate yeah. you always it's get like that's what the rider includes yeah like, oh, free drinks for the night but yeah, it's, yeah try avoid it if possible i think it's interesting because would you say you're still kind of learning how to deal with oh that? man of course yeah 100 because i think 100%. even what you were saying about kind of the thin membrane that's something that i think you have to adapt to as well is yeah. how do i make sure this doesn't this isn't negatively affecting me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think the, um, I can't think of, somebody said this analogy to me, it's really crass, but I think it is quite helpful. Mm. It's like, you know, you, say if you pee yes. in the toilet and then you kind of see that, oh, this is, like you can tell if you're dehydrated or not, Yeah. right? I think like mental health is a really complicated version of that where you, you see or you feel something and then, it's understanding why did I feel that way? Like what, um, what prompted that? So in the, mm. you know, the P example is like, Oh, I've dehydrated. So this, um, but then every time something new happens in your life, you have a different trigger, you have a different response. So it's mm. like really trying to understand that, um, trigger and response. So I feel like I've understood some set of those responses, but yeah, I mean, you're always like, I don't think anyone like masters it or anything. It's, it's definitely a, thing you need to keep working yeah. on it's a lifelong thing yeah as well. exactly like you're never gonna yeah it's and a, also like the pee thing the important yeah, yeah. thing is just check in yeah check, exactly check yeah it's a really powerful is. analogy it's good yeah let's yeah. just talk about pee yeah i'd like to end there yeah <laughs> i <laughs> If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, please contact the Samaritans on 116 123 or go to their website at samaritans.org. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a rate or review. Five stars would be lovely. Also, if you've enjoyed this, come and have a chat to us on Facebook. We've got a group called Mentally Yours. Also, we have a Twitter, which is Mentally YRS. Thanks very much to our producer, Juliet Nichols and Sam Bonham, and to our guest this week. See you next time. 
ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 